Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Hello, Zachary Ruane. How are you? I'm good. Um, welcome to episode number... What number is it? Eight. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. It would be eight because it's week four, part two. Of recaps with Mish and Zach. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, Zach, but I'm feeling mighty relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Do you want me to tell you why? Why? I uh, drew myself a bath this afternoon. Oh, did you? Yeah, I drew myself a big old bath and took a big old bath and all the money we've made from this podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 The thousands upon thousands of dollars. That you and I have accumulated. It's it's ever since we um, took funding or took sponsorship yeah. from McDonald's Gourmet Creations. Gourmet Creations. Yeah, we have been rolling in it. Of course, yeah. sorry. Recaps with Mission Zach brought to you by Gourmet Creations. Get yourself a crispy chicken focaccia. focaccia. Yeah. From and, a gar- and a garden salad. Good with, enough. With balsamic glazed walnuts. <laughs> Good enough for George Columbaris. Too bright. Um, Oprah said once that she remembers the first time that she got a big check and that she uh, was had no idea what to do with herself and so she went out and she bought really expensive towels. Wow. Um, I'm kind of there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I looked in my bank account this morning and saw all that sweet recaps with Mission Zach. Sweet Talk cash. about MasterChef Season 1 Australia. Saw that sweet cash. And I just thought to myself, I'm going to bathe in that shit. It's almost too much cash. Sorry, if you've noticed that suddenly it's like I'm closer to you, it's because my microphone was facing the wrong way. <laughs> Only the most professional production here at Recaps with Missions. That's Zach. right. Um, just want to say thanks to everyone who does listen to this podcast. Um, there's quite a few of you now, and that's that's really great um, for our bank accounts. Mm, so there's it, millions. Thank you. So there's millions. There are more people listening to our podcast than watching season one of MasterChef Australia. There are more people who listen to our podcast than read the Bible. Mish, Which is the most popular book it is, in the world, but it's not the most popular if you uh, if, uh, cop- because it uh, uh, by a single publisher. It's the most popular because it's out of copyright. Oh, okay. What's the most popular out of publisher? I don't know. Okay, well, we'll look that up. Um, no, we're getting some really, really great reviews in as well, and I'd really like to read one that we got. I would love to hear it. Um, so, all of you who have been writing reviews on um, what is it? I, Apple, Apple podcast. podcast. I don't give a shit. Um, there's uh, one from Road Tripper 1999 that I really liked, titled the review Wholesome. Wow. Um, and gave us five stars. Thank you so much for that, Road Tripper. Wholesome. And they wrote, I played this on a long car trip with my dad and he won't t- stop talking about how good it is now. 
Now we have bonded and some old wounds have been healed. <laughs> Thanks, Mission Zach. And I just thought that was the best fucking review. Um, I just think that's really nice to think that people are, it's a bit fucked that you're listening to this on a long road trip. Um, but, you know, it's how, nice. how are you listening to it? Are you, are, you, are you buying one of those speakers from? They'd be burning it onto CD, right. I reckon. Right. Um, that's still a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can burn it onto a CD. Fun and- fact, I um, you said something offensive a few podcasts ago. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about Can I just, like, just a quick side note. Zach is a professional comedian. This is his job. This is what he does. So he's used to not, to, to, a, to a certain level, being able to filter what you say. Um, I'm not there yet, and at least every other podcast, I say something mildly just on offensive. the edge, not like fully offensive. Oh just yeah, I'm like... not. A, look, <laughs> look, yeah. I'm not an asshole. No, but like just something. I'm like, oh, that's mildly offensive to a subgroup of people. Better not put that on there. Just like a little bit, the irony or the. the it's fine, Mish. You're Thank doing you. a great job. We all love you here at uh, Recaps with Mish and Zach, the yeah. whole team. Yeah. Um, but, and also the team is you and me. <laughs> but, um, and sometimes I question my feelings about myself, but I'm glad you love me. Thank but I, you. But I, uh, I called up, oh, no, I sent Kyron Wheatley a message who used to or currently or is about to, I don't know, it's 2009. Kyron Wheatley is someone who I believe in 10 years' time. <laughs> in about... <laughs> Three years' time, we'll get a job at Triple J, and then in about 10 years' time, we'll move on and move into podcasts. And be highly successful. A very successful, man. Also move into um, uh, bar, running bars and comedy yeah. venues. Very cool guy. Very, very good at editing podcasts. Anyway, I called him up and I said, how do I cut out this offensive stuff? And he got me to open up... Uh, garage band and this is a funny story only if the year was 2019 <laughs> I've just realized <laughs> oh, um, so I called him and he was getting me to edit it and I and I I, I cut the thing and he goes okay so there should be a thing called render right I think it should be a thing called render. For context, I've got a very old laptop <laughs> that is falling apart and I need to buy a new one. Um, that doesn't work. It doesn't work because the year is 2009. Imagine it's the future. <laughs> Just close your eyes, guys. Imagine it's the future. Just imagine it's the future. Hypothetically, it's 10 years' time. And we no longer burn things onto CDs. <laughs> Imagine we don't burn things onto CDs. And the embarrassing thing was he said, um, now you've just got to click render. There should be a thing where it clicks render. It renders it into the file type you need. And where it was meant to say render, my laptop is so old, it just said burn to CD. <laughs> And it was very embarrassing. That sounds perfectly normal. Uh, yes. Because it's 2009, Zach. It was fine. Oh, so, so we burnt so it onto a CD and off we went. Brilliant. Oh, so good. MasterChef, week four, part two. Part two. Um, we did part one last week with Helena and Pip. Amazing. Loved that. But now it's just you and me, baby. Just you and me and... Old Greg over here. G'day. No, I'm not going to do characters. No, none of that. That's, that's your other podcast. <laughs> You're working on your own brand now, Zach. 
Zachary Wayne doesn't do characters. He's himself. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I'm a little bit sensitive and I recommend uh, art house movies. I'm waiting, for the, I'm waiting for the day that you and I do an episode of this podcast where we both just get real, real emotion. <laughs> because Zach and I have a tendency in our, in our personal lives to have these really intense conversations that last about eight hours where we basically say the same thing over and over again using different words. It is that is the that is the base of my friendship with Zach. We'll just say the same thing over and over again, but in different ways for six, seven hours of just stroking each other's egos. Just You're really talented, man. You're really talented. And this podcast it could go right? somewhere. I mean if we edited it a little bit more, imagine where it could go. No, but you're also talented, Zach. You're so talented to I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. But no, just wait for the day. One of these podcasts is going to get well, real if emotional. Sexist, if the sexist podcast, if the sexist episodes of MasterChef had happened in like four or five uh, like episodes from now, mm. once we'd sort of established the thing, we could have done that like groundbreaking yeah. shift to drama. And at this point, you and I are just trying to find anything we could talk about that isn't MasterChef. <laughs> Because we love it. Oh, love we it. love it. Love it. But, like, there's other things, aren't there? Mm. Um. Anyway, let's launch into it, let's shall we? Let's get into because, it. Because, let's be honest, the listeners don't care about our private lives. They are here. They are here for Sarah Wilson. They are here for Socialist George. That's exactly right. <laughs> um. And, and for those of you who's well who expressed interest in joining the George Columbaris fan club mm-hmm. that we kind of started last week, really, with Helena and Pip, um, yeah, you can join. You're in. If you love him, you're in. That's the only prerequisite is that you love George and always will <laughs> and that that never changes. <laughs> if, if you love George, uh, the way to express that love is under any any posts about this podcast, you just you just write, we love socialist George exclamation <laughs> mark. Hashtag socialist George 2009. <laughs> let's let's get socialist George trending on socialist Twitter. Socialist George 2009 trending. Um, okay, so we open up as per usual on the house that everyone lives in. It's all about the house. Yeah, loving that house. They did an outside shot today. It's a beautiful little place. It's uh, it's in the same city. Mm-hmm. As the Matrix, I've noticed from the establishing <laughs> shots. Is it really? That's great. <laughs> they film the Matrix in Sydney. Oh, that's, that's cool. Joke. And <laughs> MasterChef is currently filmed in Sydney. They haven't moved to Melbourne for budgetary reasons. <laughs> no, well, they wouldn't have to, would no. they? Um, so uh, opens in the house. Trevor's eating his cereal for breakfast. It everyone... really is. If, if I may, Mish, mm-hmm. I've, I've had a realisation. MasterChef is really... Um, it really is Australia's next top model for chunky people, for for you not sk- for not models. Wish I'd bloody known about this. <laughs> what do you fucking mean? In- instead of a- well, look, Zach, we've established that I love money. <laughs> if I'd known that there was a fat version, chunky, not fat. That's oh. anything up, anything oh. from like. All right, well, I'm kind of. I'm, to- I'm, I'm next level chunky. No, no, I am. Oh my God, the emotional what podcast is, is going to start. It's coming, it's coming. No, I'm, I'm talking anything over like a 27 BMI. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know what my BMI is. I'm too scared. Oh. Anyway, anyway. So I'm just making a point that instead of 
uh, letters from uh, Tara. They get letters yeah. from the judges. Oh, yeah. It's all about the house. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that um, if you remove the food element mm-hmm. which, of the show, it is kind of a bunch of established reality television shows that all have very, very clear concepts kind of meshed into one show mm. um, and then food has been thrown on top of it as mm. well. Mm. Um, they're really pushing for the idea of it being a social game as well, like um, in terms of people's opinions about things. Like they opened the episode with everyone talking about how Julia Jenkins from the previous episode had now been, you know, fast-tracked to finals week because she beat – a small chef named Pete Evans who Pete. isn't psycho. No. <laughs> Pete Evans is not a crazy not person. Not a crazy person. Um, she beat him uh, in the challenge, mm-hmm. the episode earlier. It's gone through to so finals week. So now she's going all the way through to finals week, which you know, admittedly I'm starting to realise she's uh, not learning how to do challenges now. No. So um, that might actually be a bad thing. Yeah. Some people um, this week learn how to whip cream. Yeah. She's not learning how to do that. Um, I'm not seeing how much of a benefit it is, especially considering her mentor is Pete Evans, the guy she beat. Mm. Um, It seems like she's being mentored by someone who isn't as good as her and (laughs) might have a grudge. He might have a grudge. He doesn't want her to win the show. No. Um, But everyone was saying how they're really excited for her and how they think it's great. Um, Meat guy? Looked a bit sad. He was a little bit blue. Wasn't he a little bit I don't know why. Blue. He must have been sad about something. Yeah, I don't know. Getting old. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, his name's Chris uh, Badenoch, I think. Badenoch. Um, he just seemed a bit sad um, that Julia wasn't there anymore. Um, he was also just kind of had a lot of really vindictive things to say throughout the episode, really. They're really kind of painting him as the new villain because I think originally my assessment is they were trying to paint Aaron, mm. the molecular gastronomy guy, mm. as the villain, mm. um, but then saw as episodes passed that he was slowly being destroyed mm. by the judges and mm. thought maybe that was a bit unfair. So they targeted the old meat guy to be the villain and now he's saying all these kind of mean things. He's a little bit nasty. Um, but very like just straight down the line yeah. as well. So one one person could view him as the villain. Mm. I see him as the no-nonsense guy. That's a very male way to look at it, I suppose. I see him as someone that just takes on is, a challenge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You see him as like nasty. I see him as, as the alpha dog taking control of the room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's just one of the boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so we start with a team challenge and mm-hmm. the team captains that are selected are Chris mm-hmm. And Kate. I want to note here that um, because Jul- normally Julia would be the team captain, that's the setup they've created, the winner of the. But instead, um, because she's gone to learn how to um, cook bone broth with Pete Evans, um, which makes no sense as a reference. Because <laughs> it's 2009. Um, but maybe look that up in the future because <laughs> then that joke is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Um, she, uh, uh, so instead, um, they, they were just like, so the judges have picked for you, which is interesting because there's no, there was no like pretense of it's based on a previous challenge, no rationale. Um, and it seemed a little, uh, loaded in that they've picked a 40 year old man who has worked, 
uh, in the beverage industry for 20 years and pitted him against a 20-year-old law student who Mm. has consistently... Underperformed. Underperformed. (laughs) Yeah. So they've they've picked a 40-year-old front runner Mm -hmm. and a a little 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 (laughs) near teenager (laughs) who has consistently underperformed. Interesting choice. Yeah. One could argue it was not for uh, not fair. (laughs) One could argue that. Um, Um, Carry on. They also set up a a baby mafia. Yeah. So we're getting to that as well. Okay. So. Uh, Chris said that uh, he was going to pick his team based on uh, changing it up a bit because he felt like the teams had always been kind of similar. Mm. Um, but he also said that one of his main focuses was to split up the Kitty Mafia. Now, that's Kitty, K-I-D-D-Y, and not Kitty, K-I-T-T-Y, wow. which is what I thought they were saying for all the episodes until Zach brought it to my attention in the car. Uh-huh. Right um, it's Kiddie Mafia. So this is made up of three of the contestants, yeah. all, the, I'm assuming, the three youngest contestants, being Kate, Josh and Sam. So the fish guy, the uh, recently married hat boy and the Dessert little law girl. girl. Dessert yeah. girl. Dessert little law girl. <laughs> I like little law girl. So uh, I, I want to say that the, the, the framing of this is they've created a little bond, they've created a friend. Um, I've read some rumours in New Idea and Women's Weekly that it's a little more than that, but I'm not going to go into that. Mm. Um, they've formed a close friendship. Uh, the implication is that they... Are you w- suggesting just quickly that there might be a relationship in the house? Uh, I've read in uh, that... Uh, I have read some things Zach, in Women's Day. Zach. Yeah. These are people with a focus. Mm-hmm. There is no way that a relationship is being established on this show in a romantic way. Okay. There is no way that there are two people on this show that have formed a connection romantically that they've planned to continue on for 10 years. And let's just say hypothetically 10 years this week, they se- they are celebrating their sixth wedding anniversary. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not what's happening. There is not an established relationship. Okay. In the house. Okay. Um, I strongly encourage, let's just say again, hypothetically in 10 years time, if you hear this podcast, just look up some of these people because again, (laughs) this joke is fucking hilarious (laughs) if you understand what I'm talking about. But I don't as it's 2009. As it's 2009 and there has been nothing in the tabloids yet. Soon, but not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, But I, 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 so the implication is these young people have formed a bit of a group, a bit of a clique, and they're ne- not going to vote each other out. That that actually, because there's a voting element to this show <laughs> where they eliminate each other, they are actually Very survivor. A threat. Yeah. Very survivor. They're actually a threat um, because if they're in a group, someone else is going to go. Um, also, I just don't think, uh, initially I was like, people just don't like the fact I, that they're a little click. And I was like, oh, they're, they're being a bit mean to them. It's just the young people. Mm. The young people have got together, formed a little group, and of course they connect. They like drinking Bacardi breezes. They like uh, going to nightclubs. They like uh, watching The Hangovers part one, two, and three. This is what... Parts two and three. One can wish. One can only hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, this is not uh, anything else. Mm. Um, and then I realised... Uh, Justine is 23. Uh, Aaron is, I think, 22. Mm. There are other young people in the house. So I think the kiddie mafia are the cool kids. 
Yes. And I want them to burn. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know I wouldn't be in the kitty mafia. You've really held on to some high school trauma (laughs) real hard if you've got it out for the kitty mafia. I just see myself in Justine Schofield. You see yourself in Justine Schofield. I, I see myself as a Justine Schofield. I understand, yeah. I've always seen myself as a Justine Schofield. <laughs> and I've always seen you as a Pete Evans. Thank you. Yeah. That's really nice. I see you How as humbling. A, as a Pete Evans. That's not or, a really fucked up thing to say to your friend Or at a all. George. Thank you. Or... um. Just other cool people. Do you know what's so great? I agree. I think you're just like like Justine Schofield. And I think just like Justine Schofield, you will be remembered forever, Zach. You've got the same kind of level of charisma as she does (laughs) that it's really going to hold you through for the rest of your career. And I hope you as much success as she's had. You bitch. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. You look really hurt. Anyway, oh, but it's she's done. She's she's actually quite successful. Yeah, she's done. <laughs> she's well, you're not playing the dramatic already. I know. I realised as I started <laughs> that I was playing halfway su- through. I realised she's fucking successful. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really mad at myself um, for not doing and better I called, with that joke. I compared you to Pete Evans, who's a really friendly guy, really cool, very good chef, very normal, mm. and George Columbaris, who is a socialist. Fuck off. Anyway. We love George. We love George. I'm giving you the greatest compliment. You are George Columbaris, the greatest man that ever lived. A true man without equals. He is Australia's Lennon. I don't know how Australia's I could possibly. Mars. I don't understand. How, I don't know how I could possibly thank you for he such a compliment. He's the Che Guevara <laughs> of the food industry. Thank you. <laughs> That's really sweet. Um. Anyway, uh, they then launch into the team challenge, which is they have to cook for three professional food critics. The, the uh, voiceover guy said at the start, you know, um, they have to cook. For the fiercest food critics. Then Sarah Wilson said they have to cook for the fiercest food critics. I was like, who are they going to be? I can't make. Oh, one of them's Matt. Obby. Well, all right. Yeah. One of them was uh, someone from The Age. Mm-hmm. And one of them was someone from a different publication. The Good Food Guide. The in Good Sydney. Food Guide. Thank you, Instagram. And they were. Um, they they had the swagger of people whose jobs are not at risk. <laughs> Didn't they just? They just had the swagger. An air of confidence. Oh, if, if, if I get bored of the age, I'll just move to one of the other print media publications. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, how confronting for Matt as well to be surrounded by two much more successful people than him. Um, so basically the challenge was they had to cook a meal 
mm-hmm. or three meals, sorry, an entree, a main and a dessert for mm-hmm. these three food critics, but they were only limited to specific aisles in the supermarket. Mm. So one team was uh, given three aisles and another team was given a different three aisles. And so that it was randomly. Exactly. There was so a whole system. You might be able to cook with canned food, but the other team might have dairy, which is exactly what happened. Mm. So um, you can't cook with dairy if you've got canned food, but you can't cook with canned food if you've got dairy, um, which seems like a fair split. Uh, mm, no, really, it, it, the, the, they also cut out the big part of the challenge was they cut out the fresh fruit and vegetable section. Yeah, but obviously allowed them full access to all meat. Well, they need the meat. There's no such the thing meals. as a meal yeah. without meat. What is this, a master salad? Yeah, what is this, 2019? <laughs> um, um, yes, yeah, so it, there's, no, there's no way that they could cook a meal without meat. But um, I, I, I was a really big fan of, um, so there was no access to the fresh fruit and vegetables, but one team had access to frozen fruit and vegetables. Yes. So that's just of note. <laughs> yeah, it is. So one bit. team had no fruit and vegetables yes. and the other had frozen fruit and vegetables. Yeah, it so is worth cream knowing. chicken. There was the cream chicken <laughs> team. Then there was the people who had full access to frozen fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, they selected the aisles by doing something called a knife draw, which sounded petrifying. Which is similar to a, a s- drawing straws, mm. but they pull a knife out of a knife block. Because <laughs> it's a cooking show. Yep. Oh, and then the, the fun element was that Gary went on one team and George went on one team as well. So they, they had did. the added benefit. But imagine being on the Gary team. Oh, what a shit yeah. team. Um <laughs> Gary, so they had the added benefit of having a professional chef with them in Gary and George. Side note, didn't seem to do much other than criticise the teams that they were put on. No, they didn't Um, really help. No. But so basically then Kate, the team captain, and Chris, the other team captain, went to the supermarket and went to their aisles and purchased the food. Um, And then they came back with the ingredients. Uh, Chris said twice. Chris is, uh, if you haven't watched the show... um, it, Chris is uh, really dry. He's very like very dry. Very like over. we often refer to him as meat guy because he cooks meat, loves meat. Uh, he loves meat. He's never cooked it right, but he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's just like he's very dry. And on two occasions, he said that he I'm just pumped full of adrenaline. <laughs> I'm just pumped for. I'm, I'm in the. Taxi. This guy is a fucking circus. He's so fun. <laughs> he's in the. He's in the taxi. He's like, Poe. I'm pumped for adrenaline. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cook so much meat. And Poe looks physically ill. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they come back with all the food, and Gary picks up some cottage cheese with sun-dried tomatoes that Kate purchased, and was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, he Even he looked then Kate. that he was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> Why am uh, I here? George uh, says for the second, no, now the third time in the series, boom, boom, shake the, the room. room. Yep, I think that's going to be a thing. Boom, boom, shake, shake the, the room. room. Boom, boom. Uh, and he also goes over to the team that had the frozen fruit and they're stewing some frozen berries to put in a tart. And he goes, oh, those beautiful, those berries look beautiful, yeah? It's like they're frozen berries, George, mate. Like, come on. Like, those berries look beautiful. I didn't, like, I don't know. Granted, though, fun fact for our listeners yeah. and also for you, do you know that often the best berries are the frozen ones because they're picked at the best time? I didn't know that. No. Yeah, I mean, fresh berries are, are better, mm. but the frozen ones... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ones that they use are the best of the frozen, of the berries. Oh, wow. Because you've got to freeze them at a certain... Right, right, right around there. Right around there. Um, That's great. Ready for the That's eating. That's really cool. Yeah, just a fun fact. Yeah, you know, fun, fun fact. Um, frozen peas mm-hmm. are the uh, most, one of the few vegetables that are better frozen than fresh. I agree with you on that. Um, have you ever had a frozen edamame? What? <laughs> Is an edamame something I tried out you this week? Yeah, look, I'm not. It's not. Some of us have got some real cool terminology, my man. Wow. And I tried an edamame this week, and it was a frozen edamame. And obviously, I've never had a fresh edamame because I'm I'm not I'm not in a situation in which I could access that. But I had a frozen one this week, and it was fucking awful. Was it? Yeah, they they're not nice. They taste like dust. Okay, wow. Um, anyway, I hope, I hope Master Chef one day tells me what an endamame is. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay, sure. Um, anyway, uh, so Jeannie was making the tart. I just this is a quote that I really liked. Now, Jeannie, Jeannie for someone say someone hasn't watched this show in ten years. Jeannie, Jeannie. is like a forty-something-year-old mum. Uh, from Italy, Spain. Italy or Spain. Italy or Spain. Yeah. It's really like no one's really sure. They have, you know, there are parts of Italy that were once part of Spain, you know. Well, anyway, she um, was making the berry tart and she's, and George had just said that the berries looked beautiful and she was feeling really great. And then she um, said, and then I looked over to Chris and they seemed to have little prob with the chicken. And she said it with a smile on her face as if she didn't want Chris to do well. Yeah. Um, Jeannie is my new favourite person. (laughs) (laughs) I really like her. She's sassy. She's sassy. She seems to not really give a fuck about being there. And in my opinion, Jeannie discovered a few weeks in that she thinks, this is not my opinion, but she thinks the show's a crock of shit. And she's now just there cooking because she doesn't want to go back to work. (laughs) So just, every episode, she's like, he's sort of right. Like, and when people are like, oh, who am I going to vote off? Jeannie's just like, oh, you could vote for me. <laughs> anyway, I really like Jeannie. That's great. Um, so basically uh, the they then presented the dishes to the judges after they'd finished And Chris them. did undercook the chicken. He did. And I'm starting to think that that's not good. <laughs> no. Well, this is where I was confused. So they also served a thing called a capapio. Now, a capapio, <laughs> I believe, is a, is a raw beef. So they were preparing the beef. So we saw a few weeks ago the serving of raw fish yeah. in the form of sushi. Sushi, yeah. Uh, and I can get on board with that. Yeah. Right? It's 2009. I ate fish. What up? Yeah. I can get on board with the raw fish for the sushi. Yeah. Um, they serve raw beef. Raw, uh, raw a, beef. In a thing called capapio. In, in capapio. And they were like, oh, capapio, like, that's great. And they tried it and they went, you know what? 
The beef itself is okay. It's a bit vinegary. But they took it and accepted it. But then for some reason had a big problem with being served raw chicken. Raw fish, fine. Raw, raw beef, beef, fine. fine. Raw the, chicken. Yeah, they were like, oh, is, like a few weeks ago, is your lamb cooked? Oh, bit overcooked. I want it pink in the middle. That's not cooked. If your meat resembles animal's flesh, it's not cooked. But then they get given raw chicken and they got, they were like, absolutely not. I can't eat this. Can't touch. I can't touch this. I'm confused. I'm really confused. What can I eat raw? What can I eat cooked? I've just, I thought that the whole thing was wildly flawed. This show has opened up so much for me as a human and as a home cook. And I don't know if I'm ready to fully understand what it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know left from right. I don't know up from down, mm. Michelle. I personally felt a bit ill watching them eat raw beef. Um, I just, I can't, I can't believe that's a thing. Are they trying to bring that into my home? Are they expecting me to now make a capapio? I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know either. Um, anyway, the team that lost was Meat Guy. Yeah, this is team lost because they undercooked the chicken, mm-hmm. and then their dessert was a fro- was a um, berry tart made with frozen pastry and frozen berries, and that wasn't okay. Despite the fact that they didn't have access to fresh pastry or f- actual fresh fruit, no. So they basically lost because they drew the wrong aisle. That's true. Mm. They 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 couldn't get any flour. Yeah. Who would have thought that the knife drawer was. The, the, the deciding factor on who was going to go through to the elimination. That being said, the other team did win on cream and chicken alone. <laughs> That's true. They somehow managed to make three dishes, all cream and chicken. Cream and chicken. Um, although they actually, to be fair, they made like a chocolate tart. That looks uh, really good. Little lawyer girl made a chocolate tart. Mm. And... Um, and uh, the the they all loved it. The the chef, the no the critic from the age described it as a guilty pleasure on a plate. Ooh. She was like, "Oh, it's a guilty pleasure on a plate," and mm. you could see she was quite also pleased she looks with like herself. she anyway. What is she? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> and I just then just then filtered myself. <laughs> I've done it. Zach Ruane, who now who doesn't have to edit that. Pass now. the baton on, baby. <laughs> I've got this. I can I can filter myself. Anyway, they then go into an elimination, and as we've seen in previous weeks, the way the elimin- an elimination works is very similar to Survivor. Except there is the uh, anonymity of Survivor is taken away mm-hmm. because you have to show. You do it to the face. And then you put it through the spike like a waiter puts a, mm-hmm. an order through a spike. And Which is visually very appealing. Because it's a cooking show. Yeah. Um, Chris seemed pretty keen to leave. He well, he was prepared. He was, he was prepared. Um, it's almost as if there was something on the outside world that he wanted to go to. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine what. I mean, he seemed so committed to the um, up until the previous episode, which was when Julia Jenkins left. left. Yeah. Um, he seemed really committed to the show, and then all of a sudden, this episode just kind of wanted to leave. Ready to go. Ready yeah. to go. Um, I don't know why, but he just seemed he seemed very happy to go. Um. He was, uh, he was, um, you know what? I, I, he was, re- he was, he was re- <laughs> very good. Um, so they basically got to voting, um, doing the votes, voting each other off. Um, and Josh, who is fish guy, mm. um, he ended up being voted 
out of the competition. He was also notably a part of the Kitty Mafia. He yes. was the one member of the Kitty Mafia brought onto that team. And so it seems to me like Chris's plan to break up the Kitty Mafia was successful. And it, at this point, we still don't really know what it means to be a master chef. No. But if that's the kind of game you got to play, Chris is no holds barred. He's full of sass and he is ready. He's pumped full of adrenaline. <laughs> He is pumped full of adrenaline. This, this he told us twice, man. This show, um, if this show is about anything and if this show will have continued success, I mean, it's going up in the ratings. If it continues to have success, it's going to be because of interpersonal drama <laughs> and and the housemate element, the fact they're all living yep. together. And this whole voting each other off mm-hmm. is key. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Is key. Um, I'd also just like to say, uh, people are like, but why Josh? Like, why why Josh go? Because if anyone's, any of our listeners are in the same boat as me, I thought he had longevity. I thought he was very good. He seemed to want to help people. He seemed, you know, uh, very, very committed to the show. And for someone so young, very, very good, very good cook. Um, this is a quote of uh, Chris. So Chris voted Josh off, no surprise, wanted to split up the Kitty Mafia. And he said, Josh, I think you're a good bloke. You, I've explained to you in the past a real lack of food knowledge that you have, and unfortunately, you've confirmed that with your lack of knowledge of a classic beef capaccio. <laughs> so Josh got voted out because he had no food knowledge of a classic beef, beef capaccio. Capaccio. Wow! And uh, and then Josh said the tags keep stacking up, and it looks like the laid back <laughs> Perth boy might be going home. He called himself. The laid-back Perth boy. It felt a little uh, scripted. Also, I think when he voted Aaron, he <laughs> voted for Aaron, he was like, Aaron, you have shown discipline. And I don't remember the quote, but mm. it was very, like, scripted. I think Josh, like, went into this with, like, little monologues in his head. Yeah, and it's like, Josh, you're fish guy. You're cute fish guy. That's who you will always be remembered as. I know you want to be remembered as laid back Perth boy, but that's not going to catch on. I just got the feeling when he said it, he was kind of like, mate, this my thing. <laughs> I want to be the laid back Perth boy. Mate, you fish guy. Also, another layer I want to note, because they um, uh, because they reveal the, uh, the spikes one at a time, um, once someone has enough votes to go home, they stop. They stop. Revealing. Revealing them, which is, I think, the same thing they do on Survivor. Well, because once somebody knows that they're going home, yeah. why, why kill them slowly? <laughs> but then with Survivor, right, here's just, uh, this is of note, with Survivor, that that we, we no longer need to reveal is okay because it's an anonymous vote. Um, Poe has been up in that elimination session twice and both times not had to reveal who she voted off. Clearly she voted for Josh because otherwise th- you would yeah you would you would make it in such a way that so one clearly she's voted for the person that's gone away because otherwise they would make the drama with it. But two, how like fucking lucky is Poe that yeah. she's like coming out like yeah. I'm leaving this show like oh what an asshole for voting that person. Yeah. What an asshole. But that Poe, she seems nice. <laughs> that's no, you're 100%. You if, couldn't be more right. If Poe has a continued career, if Poe goes on to have TV shows I'm not and, seeing that, and but can, go on. if she's ever considered even as a judge for future seasons mm. of MasterChef, I want it on the record that it is because they didn't reveal who she voted off and she was never put in the position 100%. of villain. But, like, quick side note, Zach, what a topsy-turvy world where we'd be genuinely considering we're, preferring Poe po over George. Poe is the judge. Yeah, what a, that's weird. Not that's so, so weird. George. 
Oh, oh God. I love George. Yeah, I love him. Um, um, so and then, yeah, the little lawyer girl had a big cry. She had, like, when they went back to the house and then they revealed to the other team who was voted off and they said, Josh, she burst into tears. She goes, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? And Chris said pretty much the exact same quote about how he didn't seem to have a food knowledge of a classic beef capaccio. Did she say something along the lines of, it's just not right? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's not, just right. not right? It's just not right. She was just really upset. She was mortified. She and was very then sad. when we move into the next episode, which was Masterclass, George pretty much opened with Kate. You look a little bit sad, yeah? And then they did a shot of Kate and it looked like she hadn't slept for days. She looked so hurt and completely, like, demotivated and, like, is that, is that a word? Demotivated, yeah. 100%, yeah. Oh, great. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, <laughs> she seemed completely just destroyed and... I did. My little heart broke for her. And I, I, th- I just thought, how awful if she had to go back to uni the next day or something. But she's deferred. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, and so then as per with any master class, George nah. and Gary cook some dishes. My favourite part help. of the master class, I have to say, is you know how earlier this week they did uh, squid. They did mm-hmm. stuffed squid. We talked about that with Helena and Pip from The Leftovers. Um, and they, they – they, the Big thing, the big thing. I don't think we talked about this. Was you cannot break the ink sac. If you break the ink sac, it's it's gonna get ink all over the board. And it was played for drama. And like- let's remember as well that Michelle or the Peach Peachy mm. Peach. She broke the ink sack and everyone was like, oh, no, she broke the ink sack. And then all of a sudden it just seemed clean again, like she'd just washed it. Yes. Um, but everyone was like, oh, no, she broke the ink sack. It was Continues really that. it was really a big drama thing. Mm. And um, so Gary got up and he was like, so I know we played up the ink sack thing, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. He goes, here, Sam, come help me. And so Sam, who's the fedora kid, um, he went up and helped me. He goes, so you just got to rip the head from the body. And he's like, oh, don't worry about going too slow. Ink sack, if it breaks, it happens. He broke it. Doesn't matter. Gary broke the ink sack. Yeah, there's the ink. He was like, oh, there you go. That's fine. We'll just wash it. Yeah, and then that was like it was not a problem. If I was Peachy who went home that week, one of the reasons being because she broke the ink sack, I would be livid. Quick side note, um, not all calamari comes in rings. No. Some of it comes in squid shape. Yeah, like the shape of what it is. I always, I was always so confused as to how a calamari, I knew calamari was an octopus. I'm not a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. But how did they make it like that? I always presumed they mushed it up. Yep. And then put it in like a little ring mould. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good explanation. Um, but no. All right, <laughs> you win. Uh, no, no, that's not what they do though. What? They just chop it up because it's like what a tube. What do you tube. mean? You see when they pull the outside in, yeah. it's like a tube. And then they slice it. They just slice that and then it becomes a ring. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a bit of a moment. Just give me a second. <laughs> I Mish, did know that. I need to know, are we playing the dramatic <laughs> irony here or did you not okay. know that? We can cut this later. But, no, Zach, I know how they make the shape. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fucking stupid, mate. Like, some things get through. Some things. Well, okay, for example, I didn't know what a subwoofer was until about two years ago. I'm 31. A subwoofer? Yeah, like a speaker. Like, what did you think it was? I, I didn't know. I thought it was a part of a car. Oh, that's fine. 
Is that okay? Yeah. Um, I thought uh, mayonnaise was maymonnaise until I was about 10. That was a bit long. Oh, okay. Yeah, but well, 10's little still. I didn't know how to tie my shoelace until high school. I, I uh, didn't learn how to drive until... You don't drive. <laughs> I literally drive you... <laughs> Home. That's what I say, like until... Ever. ever. Well, no, let's say 29. Sorry? Let's say 29. Well, I mean, how old are you right now? 29. Okay. Oh, well, 19? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, wait. I'm fucking yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> fucking done with this 2009 bullshit. <laughs> hey, man, there's only a few months left. Do it be 2010 before you know it. <laughs> And then we've got season two. (laughs) Zach and I haven't discussed whether this is something we're going to go into doing into season two. Um, I have a definite opinion (laughs) about whether this is something we stretch to season two. Um, And I'll leave that up to you guys to figure out what the fuck that is. If we hit another dozen listeners. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, Also, I have, yeah. (laughs) Um, all right, just really quickly, the judges expressed mass disappointment that Josh was sent home. Mm-hmm. Um, they think it wasn't his time. And it's almost as if they shouldn't leave the decision up to the contestants, maybe. No, yeah, it seems a bit like um, maybe it should be a cooking challenge. Well, yeah, they were like, Josh has gone home. That doesn't seem right. Like, he was very – it wasn't his time. And it's like, well, you left it up to a bunch of people in competition with him. Mm. Um. That's mental. It's crazy. <laughs> like, and it's just occurred to me, as much as I love the the elimination episodes and how they're done and that they're not boring at all and I love finding out who goes each week because it's, it's the first time. They run time. for, I think, uh, a full half hour. Full half hour. Um, as much as I love that, maybe it's not the smartest way of deciding who the best chef is is by leaving it up to people in competition, in competition with. with them that aren't eating the food that they're cooking. Maybe, Maybe. just a pitch, they could do some sort of food-related challenge to yeah. figure out who's going home. Like what? Oh, I don't know. A cook-off? Well, so they cook against each other? Yeah, something like that. Like, Why not? Like what Mich- Michelle lost with? Or a yeah. Different, yeah. Like they seem they brought that in. Let's bring in another element. Same, you know same I mean? thing, would you say? Like with recipes and stuff? Yeah. Do you know what they haven't done for a while that they brought in the first week and I'd really love for them to bring back again is that spag bowl challenge where they had... Oh, where they tried... Where everyone tried the spag bowl and they had to figure out what the ingredients were in the spag bowl. That would be great. Yeah, they could do that with a carbonara sauce. They could do that with a um, with something Greek. George could cook it up. That's a, we're, that's a, this is a genius idea. We should pitch it. I think we should. And uh, if they ever change the format of eliminations, it's because of... It's us. because of us. It's because it's we... Of what we said. It's of what we've said right now. In 2009. In 2009. The year is 2009. So if for whatever reason you watch MasterChef in the future and they no longer do a voting off uh-huh. elimination episode and they are in fact doing cooking episodes or cooking challenges to determine who should go home, know that it's because Zach Ruane and his friend Mish mm-hmm. came up with the idea. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Um, also, just quick side note, um, they brought in a professional chef named Frank who cooks Chinese food to show them how to do a stir fry and he had the, a full-blown ASMR voice. <laughs> <laughs> was he 
what was his accent? Was it like Scottish? It was Scottish. Yeah, he was like, and then we're going, and then we're going to make, uh, <laughs> then we're going to make the, the um, we've got lots of different types of mushroom. It was really sexy. <laughs> like it was. I, I was listening to it and I stopped what I was doing. <laughs> And just was completely captivated by this Scottish Chinese man. It was the the way it played out for me was was this like really charismatic, chill Scottish chef, and then like George. So it'd be like it'd be like I'm going to take the mushroom, put it in the wok, and cook it out for you. And then George would be like, "So that's for like to make it nice, yeah? I reckon I'm gonna have to get on this one too. That's that's for like make it fresh, yeah? Yeah, right, and then." Put in some, put put some uh, uh, mushrooms in there. Oh, if what you got to understand about mushrooms is there's more than just one type, yeah? You'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Frank? Uh, yeah, there's lots of type of mushrooms. I've got four in here already. This looks so fresh. <laughs> this looks like the freshest thing we've made here. I'm going to eat this. Justine, you want to try? You want to try it? Me too. I've also got some noodles in there. <laughs> I've put some noodles in that dish there. It was just the most, it was fucking beautiful. And I don't think ASMR is a thing yet. No, but but who cares? Who fucking cares? Who gives a fuck? (laughs) You got a problem with that? Give us a bad review, cunts. (laughs) No, No, don't. 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 Because right now. This podcast is too little for that. Yeah, right now we're writing really good reviews. And please don't give us bad ones. Keep the positive reviews coming. We love them. We love them so much. Tell your friends about the podcast. (laughs) Listen to it with your dad on a big long road trip. Uh, uh, What are other ways you can promote a podcast? Post it on your own social media. Say, Oh, this is funny. Yeah, that's nice. Pop it on your MySpace, say, hey, I've been listening to this podcast. It's real funny. Yeah, I liked those ones. Those ones are nice. Someone did that this week, actually. They did. It came at a really good time. I had a really shitty day at work. Mm. And then I opened up my laptop, not my phone, and saw a post on MySpace that was just like, this is very funny. Everyone should listen to this. And it made me very happy because I think it's also worth noting to all of you out there that... I work a full-time job mm-hmm. um, and this podcast brings me much happiness. <laughs> um, so please, please keep it coming. Um, anyway, whatever, that's it. Week four, done and dusted. One month. One month. One delicious month. One delicious month. Eight episodes. Uh, of the podcast. Of the podcast. We've watched so many more than eight episodes of MasterChef season one. What are we on? Like, We're like, on like 22 episodes of Master. Three by eight. What's that? I don't know. 24. Yeah. Yeah, that's what three by eight is, mate. Don't stress. (laughs) God, I wish I had a calculator. No, phones, Nokia's had calculators. Zach just picked up his phone to see what three times eight was because he didn't trust me. Fair. No, I didn't trust myself. Oh, bless. Um, (laughs) You should, Zach. You should trust yourself. uh, In other news, uh, Barack Obama is president of the United States. Mm. Uh, President Xi of China Mm. has a limited uh, tenure and will step down eventually. I'm currently dating someone who has a Southern Cross tattoo on their left shoulder blade who lives in Yarrawonga. Which isn't too much of a thing. <laughs> it's not too much of a problem. No, not at all. It's, it's like, I, it's nice. It's nice to date someone with a tat. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this.
but the guy I'm dating has a tat. (laughs) (laughs) And there is no way that in, say, 10 years' time he'll still be living in Yarrawonga and have a new tattoo of a crocodile wrestling a sewer rat on his leg. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that won't happen. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, uh, Let us know in the comments what you want more of. (laughs) (laughs) Because let's be honest, we're just going to give you some MasterChef. What do you mean? What you want more of this? This we've we've limited ourselves. This is a limited so podcast. Much. There's not a lot of growth opportunity yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. Do you know what I'd love? What is if people gave us their favorite quotes <laughs> from yeah. the podcast? Yeah, that's sick. I would like you to listen to all of the episodes and send us your favorite quotes from recaps with Mission Zach. That's good. I love that. Do you I like that. that? I was thinking we should. Um, I had an idea the other day. Of we should do merch, and it's just um, <laughs> it's just pictures of George Columbaris in like a socialist outfit with boom boom shake the room. <laughs> I was about to say Zach, absolutely nobody would buy our merch, <laughs> but so many fucking people would buy that hoodie. Boom boom shake the room, and we'll get it put on a tote. <laughs> it's like it's George as like Lenin, like yeah. looking up yeah. like like. Uh, Socialist uh, realism art, Lenin like looking up into the sky with boom boom shake the room. Yeah, let us know if you'd like that. <laughs> let us know if you want that tote. You want that hoodie. <laughs> oh, so good. Thanks for chatting with me again, Zach. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Mish Witchrup. Uh, you can of course catch Mish every <laughs> night on on the Tonight Show. Uh, <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> Tune in, NBC. Mm. Oh, sorry. So, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, I, for a moment I mistook you with, for Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, wrong. Hopefully this podcast does well enough, though, that you and I will one day be one of the guest hosts on Have You Been Paying Attention? I feel like that could happen for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a realistic goal. That's right. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, here's an issue. Uh, we've just made two references. <laughs> So when I said the Tonight Show uh, with Jimmy Fallon, I meant the Tonight Show with Jay Leno or maybe Conan. <laughs> One of them. One of them. I can't remember when the Conan thing happened. Look, this, it's, this is When you said, talked. have you been paying attention, you meant, thank God you're here, of didn't you? Of course that's what I meant. Or talking about your generation, which is, of course, on Channel 10. 10. <laughs> yeah. Let's go home. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> 